Well, it is uh, it's kind of a big day. It is February 2nd. Can you believe it's already February? I'm not quite ready for this. Then, of course, it's Groundhog's Day. And I haven't even paid attention. Did the, the, the little weird animal see its shadow? Puxitani Phil or whatever? So winter's, more winter's coming? Or no? Oh, okay. That's, that's good to know. It's also pa- Palindrome Day. Have you heard of this? 02-02-2020. So there you go. Uh, you're welcome. So Monday when you're around the water cooler there at work, you can wow everybody with that, that word that I'm not totally sure what it even means. Anyway, uh, and of course there's a game today. And uh, some of you may be rooting for a particular uh, team. But it's a big day. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I have been pretty eyesight impaired most of my life. No, it's not a pity party. I'm not going to do that. But ever since I can remember, I've always had to wear glasses. In fact, my mom, uh, she can attest to this if you talk to her. She kept my little two or three year old glasses. You know, they look like John Lennon glasses were back in the day. This is in the 70s. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've had kind of bad eyesight most of my life. And, you know, that, that's rough because when you get to, you know, elementary school, you know, at least back in the day, kids weren't so encouraging when you wore glasses. You know what I'm saying? Who, who, who know, who, anybody with me? Okay, you know what that's like. And my, my prescription's pretty bad. I mean, you've seen, some of you have seen me wear glasses. They are pretty thick. You know, back in the day, they used to call them like Coke bottom, bottle, whatever, bottom. Yeah, that. Of course, so that didn't help, you know, and, and, and again, kids on the playground are so encouraging, and, you know, I got the four eyes, you know, I got the blind kid thing, and, you know, that's probably why when I was maybe 10 or 12, I started to really kind of, I don't know, kind of get excited. I, I started to get into comic books, and there was one particular, you know, superhero is my favorite, of course, is Superman. You know, he could leap tall buildings and all that good stuff, but one of the things he was able to do, come on, you remember this, he had that, like, vision, that x-ray vision stuff. Now, yes, he could, like, fry stuff with his eyeballs, which is weird, but he could also, like, see stuff, except, of course, it was, it was behind lead, which never made sense to me. So you have the strongest, you know, guy in the world or whatever, but a little green rock scares him, and he can't see through lead. Why lead? I don't understand this. I guess the comic writers had to give him some some weakness of some sort. But I always thought that would be cool to be able to kind of see, you know, what's going on. And so, I, you know, when I was collecting comic books, they would have these ads in the back. Of the co- Anybody recognize this, this ad? Come on. All right, a few of us. Okay, I know some of you probably even ordered this, although you would admit it. Uh, but, yeah, they would have the, the advertise, and there was a bunch of stuff in there, but they would advertise these X-ray spectacles, and you put them on, and, you know, you can kind of see through everything. And, uh, and they didn't work. Okay, they didn't, they're, they're plastic, they didn't really work. They probably had some, like, funky lenses. Not that I ever would purchase an item like that. My friends, my friends told me they didn't, they didn't work. <clears throat> I don't know, who, who in here has perfect vision? Like, 20-20 or better? Without help? <laughs> okay, one or two? Uh, you know, and I, I thought, I looked up, you know, what it takes for a pilot. I thought, you know, if you're going to be a pilot, you had to have, you know, pretty awesome vision, but I guess a commercial pilot, you can, you, you need to have 20-20 with or without correction. I thought that was interesting. I thought you just pretty much had to have like the best eyesight ever. Maybe they've changed that. I don't know. But anyway, so, so, so who's got corrective lenses or car, contacts or something like that? So a lot of us, a lot of us do. Can you imagine though back in, you know, 
don't know, four or five hundred years ago when we didn't have these abilities to have corrective lenses, I think we all would have just died, right? We just didn't see whatever's coming and it's just going to eat us up. That's what's going to happen because we can't see anything. But, you know, they say that 20-20 vision, uh, you, you, you could test for that. You know, some of you have been to the eye doctor. They got that chart, you know, you're supposed to do this thing. It's called the, the, the Snellen chart, I think is what it's called. It's the one with the big E at the top. I don't know if you can see this or not, but what you're supposed to do, you want to try this? Okay, so 2020 vision, you have to read the one above the red line. That's 2020. So what do you have to do? Do this sort of thing? It has to be 20 feet away. Well, I can read it. D-E-F-P-O. <laughs> All right, so this isn't going to be the test to get you as a pilot license, okay? But they say that's, that's kind of the, the line that you, you want to get to, 20 feet away. I think that the thing is, you know, we all know that, you know, being able to see is pretty important. I mean, being able to see allows us to kind of make sure that we're not going to bump into stuff uh, and make sure that we, you know, can, can orient ourselves. It, it, we can see light and color and all of those things make judgment calls. And, of course, we know that it's not just what's going on today, but vision goes much farther than just what we can see with our physical, you know, capacity. Vision also means this idea of what's, what's ahead for us. And, and today we're going to be talking about this. It's just a kind of a special message. We try to do this one time a year, early in the year. And it's an idea to kind of share some vision that I believe God's laid on our staff heart, laid on my heart. And I believe God's calling our church too, not only for, for how we make decisions now, but what we're looking for in the next two, three, five years ahead. And I believe God's doing some cool things. So that's what we're going to be talking about um, today. And I'm excited about that. But we're also going to talk about you. Like what's your personal vision? Where's God leading you? Is the direction you're on right now really going to get you to where you want to be. And so let's pause for a minute and just say a prayer for all of us. Father, we come before you. We thank you for uh, your love and your faithfulness and your mercies that are new every morning. Uh, Lord, we, we hang on to those promises. Uh, Father, you are good and you're mighty. And uh, even though we don't understand all of your ways, we know that you have plans for us and you have things you want us to accomplish. You have a vision for our lives. Father, help us to have that same vision. And may our church accomplish the vision you're calling us to. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the scriptures are full of visionary ideas. In fact, there's kind of three big visions that you see as you look at the scriptures cover to cover. And you may be new to the Bible, and that's okay, but uh, there's the Old Testament section, the New Testament section. We've got a collection of about 66 books or documents. Uh, so the Bible is really more like a library, if you will, kind of put together over a long span of time. And a good portion of that has to do with the vision that God had for a special people. See, at the beginning, we have you know, God creating you know, the world and creating humanity, and this is a beautiful thing. We've, we kind of talked about that in our last series, Fully Charged, talking about how God had a design for the way we're supposed to, to, to operate as humans and live in this universe. But God had a vision for Israel, that it would be the people of God, and they would be God's special people, and God would be their king. You know, they wouldn't need an earthly king. They, they would have God as king. And so God had this vision for, for Israel. And, and, and some of the people that he used to kind of help shape that community was, was Moses. You know, we've heard that name. And then later Joshua. And they were forming this people of God. And so God had this vision for his people. And, and eventually that vision began to maybe, if you want to call it that, begin to fade a little bit. We talked about that in our series, Exile. That God had this plan for Israel, but then over and over again through a pattern of sin and disobedience. And, you know, that, 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 that you know, kind of that vision of Israel as God's people began to change. And now they were a people of exile. And so then there was a new vision that one day, and this is really for the people of exile, that one day there's going to be a new Messiah, a new king. And there's going to be a new kingdom coming. 
And, you know, many hundreds of years, you know, as the exiles were waiting, then finally Jesus came on the scene to open up the doors to this new kingdom. And then even when Jesus was here, he, he painted a vision of not just here, but what's not yet. So he was saying, yes, you're now part of God's kingdom if you're a follower of Christ, but there's something yet to come. There's new heavens and new earth, and there's a new story. And so even when Jesus came, there was a new vision. And some of his followers, like John, wrote the, the, the book of Revelation. If you ever try to read the book of Revelation, give, give a hand if you ever try to read the book of Revelation. A little, little tricky, little, little, lots of stuff going on there, moving parts, visions that I don't quite understand. But ultimately, God wins, and there's new heavens and new earth. God is going to do a new thing. So you see how Scripture kind of has these big visions for humanity over and over and over again. And of course, you can't speak about vision with talking about these people we call the prophets. And in the Bible, there's lots of prophets. And you know, God gave visions and, 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 and directions to some of these prophets. And some of them, it was a happy message. Many of them, it was not a happy message. The minor prophets we're going to cover here in a few, few months, there's some, some difficulty in those minor prophets because they're trying to get the people to wake up and start trusting God, obeying God. And what do people do when you tell them to do something? We don't do it so well. The minor prophets. So it's a kind of a rough, rough deal. But the minor prophets would get these visions and try to explain to people. You know, some people look at you know, prophets as they were given these big, long future visions. But a, a good majority of their work had to do with, hey, let's get on you know, God's team. Let's do things God's way. That was a big part of their ministry if you were a prophet. And many times it was to a, either a deaf or not listening audience. And so that's what the, the role of prophets were. But they would say things like, listen, this is Jeremiah 29, 11, And this is really directed toward those exiles, those ones waiting for what God's going to do before Jesus came. And he said this, and, and you've heard this before. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for, 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 for welfare, not for evil, and to give you a future and a hope. Now, it wasn't spoken directly to us. But there's some inference there that even being a people of exile, God is still going to do something powerful. And we've got to trust him and obey him in the moment, even if we don't know what's going to, ha going to happen in, in the future. Proverbs 29, 18, this is one of my, my favorites. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. When I read it, I think about the idea that when, when, when you begin to see God's plan for your life, it changes the way you operate. It changes those decisions that we make. And we're going to talk about that a little bit when it comes down to your personal vision of, of how you make decisions. Uh, but, but you know what? We all know that, that, that vision matters not only for us personally, but for our church family. I was looking at the Harvard, Harvard Business Review, and it was talking about this idea of, of having a vision. And it's the thing that kind of drives everything you do, and it's so crucial. A few years back, there was an article that, was, uh, that came out of the uh, Harvard Business Review, and it said the ability, vision is like the ability to, to like visualize and articulate a possible future state you know, for, for an individual, for an organization, for a church, the idea of looking at what might be ahead, a preferred future. So what I want to do in the next few minutes, and Andrew's going to help me here in a little bit, but I want to uh, just get excited about a few things. I mean, this last year, 2019, was kind of a banner year for our church family. Um, we, we experienced things that, that we really hadn't seen before, and we're pretty excited. I believe God's, you know, preparing us for what's ahead. And I believe God is doing something radical in not only in his church, not only just as this church, but in his church as a whole. We are facing a new reality in America. We really are. We are not the home team anymore. We probably haven't been for 50 years. We just haven't been paying attention. And so we have a new opportunity to be true disciples 
who let our faith speak more than anything else and let Jesus reign, not only our different positions here and there, that Jesus is the one we want to let people know about. We're in an amazing position. I believe God's kind of positioning our church family to be part of that, and I'm excited about that. Um, So as we we talk about that here in a few minutes, I just want you to consider this for, for you. Is the direction you're heading right now in your own life, is it going to get you to that destination that you want? You know, whenever we talk about a church vision, that's important, but God also has something for you to do. There may be some in this room that really, you've been spinning your wheels spiritually. Maybe you feel like, I'm kind of spinning my wheels in my career, I'm spinning my wheels in my relationships, you know, things aren't kind of going right, and you keep making decisions every day. And the question is, are those decisions being intentional enough to get you where you want to be? Those little decisions that we make every day. And so we, we're going to talk about our church's vision, but I just want that to be part of maybe your homework. That you start praying to the Lord. Get before him and say, you know, God, in the time I have left on this planet, am, am I heading in the right direction that you want me to head? Am I, am I, am I pursuing those things that are going to help me get to where you want me to be? And that may be something that would help this week, to spend some time, get away, you know. Maybe, maybe what you need to do is get a, a notepad and a pen or pencil. Go somewhere quiet and just start maybe t- writing some things down, like the things that you're, you're not liking about your life right now. And then start asking God, what, what can we do about that? What are some ways that you can envision a new future for me? And so as we're, again, talking about a church family, consider what God might do in your life. Because I believe each of us has a vital role to play in the kingdom. Now, when we get together and we do things together, there's a a mass ability to do some great things. But God has some things for you personally to do. So spend some time. I love what Andy Stanley said a few years ago. He said, it's your direction that determines your destination, not your intention. It's your direction that determines your destination not good intentions. So those are just some decisions that may you and the Lord need to wrestle with this week. You know, get out that notepad and what are the things that are not working right now, things you're not, you didn't want to see in your life and what are some things that God might call you to do to make little steps to move forward to the destination he's calling you. It's not your direction that determines your destination. It's, it's, uh, it's not your intention, it's your, your direction. Good, good thoughts. All right, I want to celebrate some stuff. So 2019 was a banner year for us, and I just want to just share some of that with you. And uh, first of all, it was awesome to see bat- people baptized into Christ. I always love seeing that. And many of you, you know, got the chance to be part of some of those baptisms. We love to see that. We were able to baptize some people actually here, which is pretty amazing. And uh, that was fun. We were also able to see over 100 first-time guests last year. So that, that's pretty amazing, just seeing people that are kind of, maybe they're not quite, you know, up on the church thing, or they're not quite sure about Jesus, but they felt like they could, you know, courageously come and be part of our, one of our gatherings as, as kind of a guest, and we're very honored by that. Uh, we want to see that grow this next year, but we have 80 families now who call Dallas Church their home. That is amazing. 80 families doesn't mean we're always able to be here every Sunday, but it's awesome to see that kind of reach. We have, uh, you know, we've had 60, 70 people in small groups, which is great. Love to see that number improve. But I love seeing 80-some people that are part of our serving teams. And that's, that's a healthy engagement. That, that tells us something about engagement and, and getting part of that mission. Uh, we had the biggest Easter and Christmas weekends we've ever had. 
And I realize it's kind of one of those things they say around church, Christmas and Easter, CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. Have you ever heard that term? Anyway, um, but it was kind of nice because we were able to connect with a lot of new folks, and many of them stuck, stuck with us, which is kind of cool. We had some people stick with us for those. Uh, then, of course, I have to celebrate this. How many remember I Love My Town? Yeah, that was, that was fun, wasn't it? So, you know, for the whole month of October, we had different ways we were going to try to love on our community, love on our city. We were able to, what, bless Bambinos with a whole bunch of diapers and formula for young moms. That was pretty cool. Uh, we were able to give the food bank not beets. We got them good stuff. You all brought meat. That was pretty exciting. And uh, that also led to Andrew and I having to eat pickled beets which were not as bad as I thought they were going to be. Turns out I kind of like them. I'll just admit that to you now. So, okay, I'll admit that to you now. I didn't think I did when we did that challenge. But, uh, <laughs> but it was great because last year our, our attendance and our giving dramatically increased. And that's, that's a good thing. And, again, it's a health thing. These are, just, these are not just stats. They mean engagement. And that's really important is what we're aiming for is engagement, not just a full room. And uh, so it's exciting to see some of that. Our giving was you know, 20% higher than it was in 2018. Uh, in fact, you know, we wrote a budget last year, and uh, you know, about 10 grand more came in, and we didn't even spend the budget that we created. So we were actually under, which that's kind of been one of the things that we've tried to do. And part of that, I used to get flack from that from our early leaders, that I was like a cheapskate. I'm not a cheapskate. I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to go in the red. I want to spend carefully, and we, we've been trying to run real lean, and I want to make sure that we're honoring the Lord and honoring your gifts when you give them. Uh, we want to be above the board that way. Um, and I love this. I know it's, this was hard, but we opened our facilities a couple times, and we're going to do that again in March. When the weather gets cold, we opened up our building so that people who were either homeless or I don't know their story, they need a warm, safe place to lay their head, and we were able to do that. In fact, we were open for two weeks or so, we had people here every night. And I know that's difficult, right? I know that that can be create difficulty with our building and there's security and all that. You know, sometimes we have to be inconvenienced when we love on people. And I'm thankful to be a part of a church family that's willing to do that. That's something to celebrate. Now, uh, before, before we go on further, I want to bring up Andrew because he's got some cool things he wants to celebrate too. I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, I am just really excited that we get to take this time on a Sunday like this and, and look at some of the metrics on what we're doing and just kind of evaluate, is the ministry that we're doing, is this working? Because our mission is to, you know, uh, reach people with the message of Jesus. And we want everyone to experience God's dream for their life, which is that they would be in fellowship with him. Um, and so sometimes we get to sit back and see that we are moving that ball forwards. And the ministries that I get to lead at this church um, are a lot of our first impressions and greeting and kind of following up with new people. And so we are really proud of the fact that we did have 106 people come to our church for the very first time. And you know when someone walks through our doors that they're going to hear about Jesus. They're going to hear about him as we're singing, as we're doing communion. And so that's 106 people who heard the gospel through coming into our church. And then it doesn't just stop 
on Sunday morning because when someone stops by our connections booth and we get to give them the super cool mug that we love and we're super cool and love our mug. So when we give them the mug, um, what actually happens is that starts something where we follow up with them. Whoever's on that connections booth, they write a thank you card to every person who comes by. That gets mailed to them. Ben writes handwritten thank you notes. And over and over again, as we reach out to people, and we just want to keep that relationship warm, that what we hear is people saying, I've never had a church follow up with me like that before. I've never had a pastor call me when I walk through the doors. And so this has just been really cool to kind of see that growth happen um, as we're reaching people with Jesus. The other areas that I get to lead here, um, and I'm very proud of what has happened in DC Kids. If you guys haven't paid a visit upstairs, we've been working on kind of upgrading our facilities there, and we've got our little design scheme, and you've seen those t-shirts, and all of that matters because we want kids to know about Jesus. And so we want this to be a fun and a safe place where kids get to grow spiritually as they hear about Jesus. And our kids' team are super awesome. So I'm going to ask you guys real quick, can we just give our kids' team a round of applause, please? Yeah, yeah. Give it up for the kids' team. They are so, so cool. And I am so confident in the spiritual maturity of the people that we have leading small groups and sharing Jesus with your kiddos. And we have also upgraded our facilities in that our nursery is our fastest growing ministry area. Did you give the kids ministry pun? They're, they're growing because they, they, they do that. Ah! But also, uh, many of you know, we used to have nursery kind of in the, the back there in that downstairs room. And what was helpful about the downstairs room was if you're carrying a car seat, then you don't have to go upstairs. So that was kind of helpful. But we outgrew that room and we had so many little kids running around and people carrying them around and caring for them that we had to move upstairs, do some remodel stuff, and we are pretty soon going to be launching two separate rooms for what has been our nursery area because we have to accommodate um, all the little kids who are coming through. And so we've got that area open at the 1030 service, and we are like this close to getting it done. So if you want to take a peek at some of what's going on up there, we are super excited um, by that. And so in DC Kids, we had an enrollment of 104 kids. That means we had 104 different kids come through our doors on a given Sunday and hear the message of Jesus. And that's just really, really cool. Awesome. So if you want to clap for that, you clap for that. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. And so on average, we have um, an average of 20 kids in our programs on any given Sunday. And so that's really the number that we care about because those are the numbers that um, show life change. Because week after week, we get to help shepherd these kids and help them know Jesus and kind of see it every single week as their small group leaders are there with them. So that's super awesome. And just thank you to all the parents and grandparents and, you know, people who bring neighbor kids and friends so that they can hear about Jesus because that is super awesome. And then you saw that we baptized uh, one of our kiddos in this baptistry that we got this summer. Um, and so that was also super awesome. So the other area, and I'm almost done. I'm going to get off the stage and give it back to Ben eventually. I just really love what we do, guys. Um, but the other area that I get to lead is the youth group. And we are also really pleased with what we have going on there. Um, youth group happens on Sunday nights from 6 to 7.30 here. And then once a month, we do what we call Super Sunday, where um, normally our youth group is 
an hour of spiritual development and then half an hour of games. And then what we do on Super Sunday is we flip that. So we do kind of half an hour of teaching and then an hour of kind of those high-octane games. We're getting pizza for them so that they can invite their friends so that their friends will hear about Jesus and come back on those other nights when we have that kind of one hour of spiritual development. And so with youth group, we really saw it getting traction this summer as we chose not to take the summer off for youth ministry. What we decided is kids are out of school in the summer. They have more time. And so we're going to kind of ratchet up what we're doing. We did these Tuesday adventure days where we were going on hikes and we went to the beach and we did all kinds of cool and fun stuff. Um, and what was really cool from that is there was a, one young man who came to our summer adventure days. And he is not really affiliated with our church, doesn't have a spiritual walk. But when the school year rolled around, he came back knocking on our doors and said, I need to get some community service hours for a class, for my civics class. And I thought that this was the place I wanted to do it. And so he helped paint and pull weeds and remodel and just do so much. And then he was working with someone from our church and the person from our church who's working with him is the whole time asking him, so what do you think about God? Where, where are you at with him? Have you made that decision? And he's just kind of like gently witnessing to this young man as he thought our church was such a positive force in the community that he wanted to come here and help. And so that was just super awesome. awesome. So um, we saw one of our teens baptized, and then we also have at least seven of our teens serving in different areas on Sunday morning. So those are just some numbers we're super awesome. excited about. And as you can see, um, we've got our average attendance of 10, um, which is going up as opposed to our seven of last year. So we're just going to keep doing this, guys. We're going to keep sharing Jesus with young people at this church. So we are super excited to share that with you, and I am going to give it back to Ben now. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> can you can you tell he's pretty excited? I don't know. Did you guys catch that? I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but well, it, it's, God's done some great things. I'm so excited to be. You know, we're we're honored to serve and staff here at this church. I mean, uh, the fact that the freedom that that we have to do whatever we can to, to reach one more is huge. And we know we're in a culture that's quickly, you know, deciding that, you know, church and maybe Jesus and religion, maybe that's all old school, but I, I still believe that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is still the answer. And in many ways that we can share Jesus with people at different ages, that's, that's what we got to do until Jesus comes back. I think that's, that's our job. So whatever gifts and talents you have, I have, we together, we get to do, do that. Well, let's talk about what's ahead. These are some things that I've been praying and fasting about for a long time. And these are things that I believe God is forming for the future of our church. And let me just share a few of these, and, and, uh, and, and you know, I'm excited. It's been nine years since we planted a church. And that has bugged me for nine years. I believe that God is calling us to plant a church. Now, I don't know all the details, but I do know there's a lot of communities that could use a church like this. And, and I'm praying right now, and I would ask you to pray with, with us and, and us together, what, what could God do with planting a church? And there's lots of different ways to plant a church. Uh, but I believe that God is calling us to be a church planting church. We planted one in Corvallis. And I've been part of a couple of management teams on new churches. In fact, one of them just launched two weeks ago. I'm part of a, a leadership team of a church that just started in San Diego. And I'm just itching. I'm itching for what God might be doing here with our church. 
So that is something I believe in the next two to five years I want to see us plant a church. Here's the next thing. I think it's time for us to pay off this mortgage. You know this church building? You're not going to believe this, okay? I'm just going to share this with you. You may not know this. We got an incredible deal when we bought, when we bought this building. Like it was ridiculous, okay? This is a 10,000 square foot facility. And most of your house payments are more. We owe $167,000 on this building. I'm serious. That's it. Now, there's 80 people, or 80 family units in our church family. Next two to five years, we can knock this out because there's other things that I think God wants us to do. Whether that be planting a church or even hiring some more staff to give us bandwidth, we're looking at more planting. There's some things we can do that I believe we get rid of that mortgage payment. Think about this. And I'm not a math whiz, okay? So check me on this, you, you that love spreadsheets. $167,000. If everybody today wrote a check over and above you know, your regular giving or whatever, all 80 families put like a $2,100 check in, this building would be paid for this today. That's amazing. Now, that could be, you know, something where in the next two years, if, if you could pray about that in your church family, just say, hey, family, can we do another other 80 or or $100 a month, uh, you know, over and above our normal giving, this building would be paid off within two years. That is amazing. I believe God is calling us to do that because I think there's more he wants us to do. I would love us to be debt-free. We run very lean and mean, and we've spent very well. You see the budget on the back of that. We try to be pretty lean here. In fact, what, the budget is 5000 more in 2020 than it was in 2019. And so we've tried to be super conservative, but I believe God can, can help us get this thing paid off. How about this? We have never as a church family, in a big meaningful way, participated in some kind of foreign soil mission. I believe the next two to five years, we need to do that. Uh, you know, it's time. I know we've been a church plant, but, you know, we're 12 years old now, okay? We, we can't, I don't know if we can call ourselves a church plant anymore, can we? We're, <laughs> we're, we're an established church, I guess, in this community, although we're probably the youngest still, maybe, in this community. But I believe God's calling us to do that. And that's something, these are things that have been driving me. It's, you know, sometimes they say that when you're praying and, and you're feeling, uh, uh, sometimes you'll feel a divine discontent or something. And sometimes I think God is, is putting that on our hearts. He certainly put it on my heart that we can do something overseas. I know, here's another thing. We need to make some capital improvements around here. This building has pretty bad curb appeal. And I realize that's a facade thing, but do you know, and they know this in retail, and it's gotten even harder the more our culture changes. People make their decision whether to return to a store or a restaurant within the first three to five minutes. Did you know that? They're doing that with even our church building. And I know that seems surface, but when things are, when we got chip paint out here and you got stuff falling down, you got, we, we could use, my point is, we have some things we could do. I would love to see us put new siding on this thing. I would love to see that parking lot repaved. Uh, I would love to see us be able to do some improvements in here. One thing that we've been talking about on the audio video side is this is a very echoey place. Some of you know you have to like watch me talk sometimes because of the echo. That drives me crazy. I can see it on your face. It drives you crazy. This is driving me crazy. We're both driving each other crazy. But there's some things we can do in this room, but they're not cheap. We need to do some things like that in here. Um, and I, I believe God's calling us to make some of these capital improvements. We know that we need new carpet from here all the way back. Whether that's some kind of new surface or laminate or I don't even know all the details, but that, that needs to be done. We just know that God has blessed us with a really, really 
powerful building here, a facility that we paid hardly anything for. And I think we have room to see those capital improvements happen. You know why? Because we want more people when they walk in the door say, you know, I can come back here. And then we have them for a little while longer, we might be able to tell them a little bit more about Jesus. That's why we do all this stuff. It's not to have an awesome facility so that the city says, wow, great facility. That's not the point. The point is helping people, removing barriers so they can come in. Those bathrooms need some work. Who's with me? Right? Okay, let's just be honest. They're gross. Yes, they're clean. Okay, they're clean. That's not what I mean. Some of your first-time guests are like, what are we talking about right now? What's going on? They need work. When someone comes in and they're a brand-new family, listen, some of you have been part of this church family for a long time, so you don't see it. There's something they call home blindness. You ever heard of home blindness? It's like when you walk into somebody's house, you see something that they've been there for five years and they forgot about. This happens in a church facility too. So there's stuff that we just kind of go, oh, that's, we'll get to that someday. A new family comes in. If something seems unsafe, if something smells, if something looks like we don't care, that sends a message. Does that make sense? Uh, I can't believe we're having this discussion right now, but it's important stuff. This is why we care about capital improvements. Here's another thing. I know that we need to look at at least a couple part-time staffers, maybe a full-time staffer within the next year. We're pushing on that 200 mark, and that's starting to create some leadership pain for us. We know that at some point we need to add some additional bandwidth, and we're all kind of, it's a pretty, we're two full-time and one part-time, and we're pushing Stephanie quite a bit on stuff. So we, we know that that's, that's in the works, and that takes resources. Finally, and, and this is not the only thing, but I believe God is calling us to do something here. When we have a full first or second service, what happens is the parking lot gets full before these seats get full. And there are probably a variety of reasons for that, but it started to make us question, what would it be like for us to do another service? And I believe that God is calling us to look at least pretty hard at a digital service. Some kind of a digital service that we can have. And that's true for people if they can't travel, maybe the, the roads are bad. Some of you live kind of out in, the, out in the backwoods and if it's the bad weather, you can't get here. But it'd be cool for you to be able to participate and be, do that in a meaningful way. So we've been praying about what would that look like for us to do a digital service. And so those are the things that I believe God has called us to. Now, some of those, this, there's details to work out. I get that. I'm more of a 30,000-foot view guy, but I really believe some of those things are very doable, and I believe God can do that and free up a lot of resources for us to do other things. Just picture this. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Picture, picture what it would be like for our church family to grow to 500 on a given weekend. And what would that be like for us to meaningfully plant some churches like our church in communities that don't have one. What would that look like? Take some resources, it takes some people, but what would that be like? What would it be like for us when we did a single service like on Easter or something and we couldn't fit in this facility? We actually had to go rent the high school and be in their gymnasium because we couldn't all fit together. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's not about the numbers. It's about reaching people. What if God could use us to reach more people? I would like to see 15 people baptized or more this next year. And I would love to see if a majority of our church family, at least over half, maybe 60-70% were in some kind of small group, some kind of ministry team. I'm very excited that we have about half of our church family involved in a ministry team. That's huge. In fact, that's really what kind of kept me coming back to church back when I was younger. 
because I was part of a small group and I was part of a ministry team. And I'm like, if I don't show up, they're going to know. And, there, and there's, so there's some accountability there. And that kind of kept me in the loop and really helped God kind of shape and mold me. I would love to see that happen in our church family. Ultimately, here's the question we all have to answer. What could God do with us all when we're faithfully engaged, when we're giving, when we're serving? We're just faithfully doing that. What could God do? Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you so much for your blessing, not only for this last year, but God, where you're leading us forward. I pray that you'd help each of us uh, to be part of that and engage in that, that mission that you have to reach the world. And Father, we pray for the resources and the people and everything that, that needs to happen, Father, for, for you to do a mighty work. And Lord, not only in our church, but for each of us individually, that you would shape each of our hearts in our own personal mission. That God, you've wired each of us for ministry. And I pray that we would use those gifts and talents to honor you moving forward. In Jesus' name we pray.